We are in our series called The Bride. This is our fourth week. We are the church of Jesus, and yes, that is in a universal sense, right? The larger body of Christ, belonging to something that spans denominational lines, belonging to something that spans cultural lines, political lines, something that spans centuries and millennia, that the saints of Jesus Christ, right? There have been many saints that have gone on before us, this great cloud of witnesses it's described in Hebrews 12, those saints that have lived for the glory of Christ, many who have died for the glory of Christ and paved the way for us. They've paved the way for us. They have shared the gospel with others and they have shared the gospel with others and they have shared the gospel with others and somehow, some way, it has led to you and I hearing the gospel centuries later. And now we belong to something that is bigger than just 200 people in Nishota on a Sunday morning. We belong to something that is huge, worldwide, and universal that has gone on for centuries and millennia. But we also belong to the 200 people, 300 people that meet here in Nishota on a Sunday morning. This local expression of that global church, the Bride of Christ. We belong to this body. And with that comes accountability and responsibility, as we talked about over the last couple of weeks, to live in unity under Christ, the head of this church. And like I said, the heart of this series is that the bride would be ready for the return of the bridegroom. It's part of my heart for fasting lately, is that we would be ready, that our appetites would be ready. But then like Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 1 and 2, we share this, I think, each week over the last few weeks. Uh, verse 1, I wish that you would bear with me in a little foolishness. Do bear with me, for I feel a divine jealousy for you, since I betrothed you to one husband to present you as a pure virgin to Christ. Right. So Paul, in his love for these churches that he has planted, he's saying, I betrothed you, I engaged you to one husband so that you might be presented to that groom pure. And that's my heart. That's our heart as, as elders and pastors in a church that we would somehow, some way, help get the church ready for the bridegroom. First uh, week, we looked at the fidelity of the scriptures, fidelity to the scriptures, that everything starts and stops with scripture, period. That Christ in his mercy, Ephesians chapter 5, right? Husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. Christ loved the church. He laid himself down and he washes the bride with the word so that he might present the bride to himself spotless, without wrinkle, without stain, but pure. It's the same sense, right? And he does that so beautifully and great. He sanctifies us and washes us with the word so that we might be presented to himself pure. With that comes this living out of the word and obedience, right? That it is evidenced in our lives, that we're not just hearers of the word and, and deceived, but we are true obeyers, true doers of the word. Fidelity to Christ means fidelity to his word, and fidelity to his word means living that word out. Week two, we looked at accountability that comes in community, that God is doing something special here in this church, right? That we would know others and be known by others. That's why we have such a big emphasis on community groups. That we would be committed to the relationship that we see described in the scriptures. That we would be submitted to shepherds who care for your soul. And that these shepherds, that me and the elders here at the church are going to have to give an account for you someday. 
I love the relationship that we have as a church. I love the relationship that I have with our elders in our church. There is, there is a submission that happens in this plurality of eldership that we have that I submit myself to the elders and the el- I submit myself to Chris Peterson. Chris Peterson submits himself to me. We submit ourselves to the rest of the elders and we hold each other accountable in love. Last week, we talked about unity that comes through humility. The beginning of Ephesians chapter 4 says, being eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace, right? This calling of oneness of heart that comes from Christ. This calling to humble ourselves towards each other. This calling to be long-suffering and to bear with one another. That all families have dysfunction. Any families in here a little bit dysfunctional at times? Right? You can say amen. Like it's all, it's every one of us. Even church families. We go to brothers and we work it out. We go to brothers and we bear with them. We go to brothers and sisters and we long suffer with them because we are a body that is precious. We are a bride that is precious to Christ and we have a mission together in him. And so this week we're going to be looking at ministry. Ministry through service, ministry through serving one another. And like last week we started in Ephesians chapter 4 with our conversation. Today we're going to continue on in that chapter. So if you have your Bible and you want to turn, please turn to... Uh, Ephesians chapter 4 with me today. I think we ended on verse 7. We'll start in verse 7 today. It says this, But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, When he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. Verse 9, In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he also descended to the lower regions, the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. Verse 11, he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up of the body of Christ until we all attain the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried out by, uh, carried out by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint which is, which, with which it is equipped, When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Before we dive into this, let's pray once again. Father in heaven, we thank you and praise you. I thank you for the calling that we have in Christ Jesus. That Christ is the head of this body. We belong to a body. We are individual members of a body feet and hands, mouthpieces, ears, eyes. We are a body belonging to Christ and belonging to each other. And so God, in your mercy, pour out your gifts on this church. In your mercy and in your grace, God, grace us with your Holy Spirit. Grace us with your gifts so that we may truly be Be the church to the glory of Christ. Not just some Sunday Christian club, 
not just some Sunday event that happens each week where we come together, we get encouraged, and we head on out of here, but know the church building itself up in love because you are gracious to us. Holy Spirit, come and fill this church, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So today's text <clears throat> starts with, but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. And I love the way that this passage, it starts off with this real individual, uh, individual personal level, right? So each one is given grace. Grace was given to each one according to the measure of Christ's gift. And that seems like a pretty good measure. If you're going to measure something, let's measure it to the fullness of Christ's gift for the church. But often, like, we look at our walks with Jesus through this individual personal lens, and that's where it stops for a lot of us. It's where it stops for a lot of us. It's really tough for us to truly embrace this body of Christ thing. We get real individual, we get real kind of me-centered in a lot of our pursuits. And so like this walk with Jesus, yes, is this personal, my personal relationship with Christ. It totally is. You are responsible for your walk with Christ. He moves in you, he works in you by his Holy Spirit, and it is our responsibility then to respond to what his Holy Spirit and his word is doing in our life. There is this individual element, of course. And there is a sense that between the Holy Spirit and the Holy Scriptures, like, we are complete in Him. Like, in that, we have everything we need. His Holy Spirit, His Scriptures, we have everything we need, kinda. When you look through the Scriptures, there is a relationship that is supposed to happen with the people in this room that then takes the Holy Spirit and takes the Holy Scriptures and drives it into our life. That God has gifted us and, he, and, and equips us individually to be lived out in a corporate setting. And that corporate setting is called the bride, the body of Jesus Christ. And it's funny because, I, you know, we have conversations about community groups and being in each other's lives. And I've, I've had people, in, and I don't mean to dig on men, but usually it's men. Us tough men sometimes, like, we don't need that. I don't need that. I, I don't like the worship. I don't like to come and sing. I just come for the word of God. You know, but the Bible says a lot of stuff about singing in the Psalms. <laughs> we probably should sing even if it's bad. Even if it's horrible voices lifted high. If it's coming from the heart, Jesus, Jesus, cares. that's all he cares. He wants your heart. He wants your heart. You might sound like alfalfa. It doesn't matter. That, boy, that is a dated reference, huh? Holy cow, that's... Goodness gracious. But I've also like heard people say, like, I, I don't I don't need community groups. I come and I, you know, what I've got going, it's me and Jesus right now. Like I don't need I don't need other people in my I don't need to come to stuff like spirit led and house worship where where people are sharing what the Lord is showing them and reveal like and using their gifts in, in people's lives. Like I, I don't I don't I don't need that kind of stuff. And I'm gonna go you're you're wrong. <laughs> you're dead wrong. You might not see the immediate value to you, but the Bible would say otherwise. When you look at Paul's writings to the churches that he planted, whether it's here in Ephesians or in 1 Corinthians or, or uh, in Romans even, like you see this beautiful community that we are supposed to be, and there is a beautiful ministry that is supposed to happen. 
And, and it starts with things like greeting, and it starts with things like hospitality and, and helping out in the kids' areas. But those are all like just beautiful contexts for his Holy Spirit and his holy gifts by the Holy Spirit, those gifts of grace that we just read about to be poured out and to be displayed, to be shared within the context of a body. You might not think it has immediate value to, to you to be a part of something like a body, but you're wrong. And I would say it's not about you always. You've got something to give. You might not like, I don't need anything right now, but somebody in this church needs what the Lord has given you. People in this church need, like, they don't need, they don't just need what Pastor Kevin has to say or what the Lord has put in my heart or the giftings that he's given me. I'll just say this. I need your gifts in my life. I will not come to the fullness of the measure of Christ unless you are operating the way the Lord has designed you to operate, with the gifts that the Lord has bestowed on you for me. I don't have it all. I, do, I am woefully short, not just in stature. Like, I, I'm a little short. My wife is a half inch taller than me. It's not a thing. It isn't a thing. Like, we're comple I'm completely secure. But my leadership falls short. The gifts that God has given me are the gifts that God has given me, and I'm happy to sow them in the, in the field of the gospel for the sake of the glory of Christ. I can do it. But guess what? If it's all up to me, or if it's all up to Chris, or if it's all up to just some people, like we are going to starve. And we will not mature and see the fullness of the measure of Christ that we are supposed to see as his body. I'm so far off my notes right now. <laughs> the Lord works in us individually, but we've been made to live it out corporately. You need it, and I need it. When you, it's actually kind of fun, because as you work through our text today, you see this, this moving from this individual, right, to each has been given. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. And then he goes on, and then he says that he gave, Christ gave, the apostles and the prophets and the evangelists and the shepherds and the teachers, that Christ gave the leaders of the church to equip the saints, to equip the church for the work of ministry. You know the stat, like, like usually like it's all left up to the professionals, right? We've talked about this. It's left up to that select group of leaders, the smaller group of leaders that, that, that Christ gave to the church, to his precious bride. He gave the leaders of the church, the elders, the pastors, the, the shepherds, the, the apostles, the evangelists. He gave those, some, some people call it the five-fold ministry gifts, but those ministers, that's, that, that, that smaller group has been made, has been given to the church to pour into the congregation so that the congregation might minister. It's not just the guys up front, even some of the guys behind the scene. It is the church ministering one to another by the gifts of God that he has given to the church for the glory of his name. These ministers, these pastors and teachers have been given to the church to equip 
the saints for the work of the ministry. That word equip in the Greek is, is kind of interesting because it, it has two meanings, and it's found in other places in the New Testament. One of the meanings is to mend or restore that which is broken. So the, 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 the pastor is given to the church to mend or restore that which is broken, right? Maybe that's faulty theology. Maybe that's wrong thinking, right? To fix what is broken. And then the other definition is to supply what is lacking, to help supply what might be lacking within a church. Maybe that's understanding. Maybe that's whatever, whatever it might be. But, but the, 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 the ministers, the, the, the pastors, the apostles, the prophets, evangelists, shepherds, teachers are to equip the saints for the work of them. What is this, what is this equipping all about? What is this ministry that the saints would have all about? And it really is a, it's about a body functioning properly. I know there's people in this room. There's people that are in the medical field. And we've got lots of nurses and doctors in this room. We've got some folks that do some body movement stuff and, and massage and some of that, like different things, like the, the way that the body works together, right? The way a body functions together is so vitally important. You ever have it where uh, maybe your, your knee is a little bit bum, and then all of a sudden you start favoring it, and now you notice your hip on the other side. It, it now we're starting to feel it a little bit too. We start to favor things, and all of a sudden we're like, I'm not a spring chicken anymore. I'm feeling this every day. Like, I used to work out and get sore. Now I go to sleep and I wake up sore. I don't get it. I think it's age. I think it's just getting old. But, like, this body needs to function a little bit more, like, a little better sometimes. Uh, this body needs to function properly for the glory of Christ Jesus. And if you think about it, Paul's assertion here that to each has been given is, like, it's shocking. It's scandalous. I, I was reading an article this week on Desiring God uh, by Sam Amati. He says that, that this, this Paul's assertion is actually scandalous. If you think through redemptive history and how in the Old Testament in particular, um, the ministry in the temple was reserved for a priestly class. It was reserved just for the priestly class. And, and even further, right, these were, these were professionals, they were called, they were ordained, they were, they were anointed of the Holy Spirit. And then you see through the Old Testament how the, the Spirit seems to empower extraordinary individuals like kings and prophets at times to equip them for special commissions. When you look at the New Testament, when you look at Paul's writings, when you look at 1 Peter, you see that now there is this priesthood that belongs to every believer. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, you are a chosen race a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. This is scandalous. It's huge. It's huge. That now, like, you've gone from these holy priests that it was only their job in the temple ministry, like in their temple service. They were the only ones called, ordained, anointed, purified in order to do the work of ministry. But now, as Christ has poured himself out on the church, has purchased us for his glory, and then graciously promised the Holy Spirit, it's better that I go. It's better that I leave you because I'm going to send the comforter who's not only going to be with you, but he's going to be in you. And you're going to be clothed with power. You're going to be clothed with power. I'm going to empower you and gift you for the glory of my name and the functioning of a church. 
It's not reserved for just kings or priests or pastors or some sort of religious elite, but to each, to each, to each has been given gifts of grace. You look at Paul's writings, 1 Corinthians, Romans, Ephesians here, you see that the Spirit has come on all believers, filling them. Sometimes it says falling on them, baptizing them, indwelling them, empowering them for ministry and service one to another. Big phrase I always use is that we would be the church. That's what this is all about. That a body would grow together. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4 says, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of service. That word service there is the same Greek word that we just read in Ephesians for ministry. To equip the saints for ministry. Service. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To each, there it is again. For the common good, right? That's the, the, for the good of the body of Christ. So what is this work of ministry? For the building up of the body. Is it greeting on a Sunday morning? Yeah, partly. I think it is that. Is it making coffee and being a part of the hospitality team? Particularly if you've been given the gift of hospitality? Probably. Is it serving in the kids' areas or on the worship team? Yes, probably to some degree. But then I look at that and I go, it's way bigger than all of that. Greeting on a Sunday morning or hospitality often becomes the context Serving on a team becomes the context for these spiritual gifts that God has given his church. Think about Romans chapter 12, verse 3, talking about grace, these gifts of grace from God. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that Christ has assigned, that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members... And the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individual members of one another, right? There's that responsibility piece, that accountability piece that we've been talking about. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, right? Our, our passage in Ephesians chapter 4 says grace was given to each. Let us use them if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity. That's giving right there. That's finances. The one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. We are a body gifted by God himself so that we might bring glory to Christ and build up the church of Jesus. He has gifted each one of us in this room for his glory. Maybe we might not know what that is. Maybe we haven't pressed into the spirit of God in such a way to actually find out what that is. Maybe we've been living at arm's length to the spirit of God, and maybe we're just we're comfortable with that arm's leg kind of surface living. But the scriptures are clear that he has given us his grace. He has gifted us with his grace and the spirit and empowered us so that we might be gifted in building each other up. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, it says, As each has received a gift, 
Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied what? Grace. He's given us his grace. Each has received a gift. Use it to serve one another as stewards, as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that everything God might be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. You see, when we serve one another, when we minister to one another with the gifts of God's grace that he bestows, we are built up. Not just encourage one another with a pat on the back, but built up, grown up by the Spirit of God himself. This ministry to one another is the upbuilding that we read about. And when you, when you, when, when you minister with the gifts that God has given you, it produces, let's look at the effect that it has in the church. Look at verse 12 of our original text today, Ephesians chapter 4. To equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Man, what does that church look like? Unity of faith and knowledge of the Son of God, maturity to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Fullness of Christ. This is what happens when the church ministers by the Spirit of God one to another. Fullness. Not partial, not incomplete, but the fullness of Christ Jesus being realized, being, being um, shown forth, glorified in the life of the church. This is the effect when the church ministers one to another. Keep reading in Ephesians 4, verse 14. So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Here's another part of the effect. Here's the, that, the, the, the picture created, right? That we wouldn't be immature children. I don't want you to be children. I don't want you to be immature, right? Kids are often easily swayed. I remember my mom pulling me aside when I was, it's so funny that I remember this. Isn't it amazing? Like you think about the things that you remember that your mom said to you. I remember she pulled me aside at a baseball game. Big, I loved baseball growing up, played a lot of baseball growing up. She pulled me aside, right? And I'm like a good church kid. Grew up in the church for the most part. I was a pretty good kid. Didn't give my mom too many hassles. She pulled me aside one day. She goes, when you get with your baseball friends, you get punky. You get punky. I'm like, really? I'm like, I didn't even notice. Like, I didn't, like, even notice my attitude change. I didn't notice, like, but I was swayed by them. I was, I was influenced by them. And all of a sudden, this character that I thought that I had wasn't being manifest. What was being manifest was punky, <laughs> according to my mom. But when the church function, functions as the church should, we grow up. And mature, and we're no longer children tossed to and fro, falling for errant doctrines or falling for human cunning and craftiness and deceitful schemes. But the church builds itself up. Let's keep reading uh, verse 15 of Ephesians 4. Rather, 
speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is, with which it is equipped. Slow down, Kev. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. What an awesome picture of what a church should be. Grow up in every way into him, in every way. Again, this completion picture. Not in just some ways, but to grow up in every way into him who is the head. And then look at this, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, right? We have been joined together by Christ, and we are held together by Christ. But if you look at the way that this is phrased, there seems to be a, a holding element, right? We are joined together, held together, right? Brought together because of Christ, sustained by him, but then also held together by every joint with which it is equipped. What we're talking about here is being equipped to do ministry. And so that when we are equipped by the Spirit of God, with the gifts of God, there is a, there is a joining together that happens when we are equipped by Him. It helps hold us together. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. We speak the truth in love using the gifts of grace given to us. And when we do that, it builds up the body. We grow together. We mature together. We're no longer children. But we are a body that is functioning properly, building itself up in love. I want this body to be working properly. I want our church to be functioning well. When the body is working properly, the body grows and it builds itself up in love. And the Lord has commissioned me and Chris and the other elders, leaders within the church to equip you to do that. He's commissioned our hearts like, like I've said it, like I can't do anything else. Like I, I think I could, I think I probably could do other things. Like, there's probably other things out there that I probably should do to make probably a little bit more money sometimes. You ever think about that? Man, what can I be doing? Uh, but I can't do anything else. The calling on my life in Christ Jesus to pour into his church, to help equip saints to fully realize their place in the body of Christ. It is God's call on my life. And it is your call in Christ Jesus then to be ministers. There's too many times, man, we think of ministers as the, as the guys up front, the guys with the mics, the guys with the Bibles in their hands, whatever it is. But to each has been given. To each one of us has been given God's gracious gifts so that the body might be built up, matured in the fullness of Christ Jesus. I'm called to help equip you in that. And we do that by the word of God. Again, week one, fidelity to the word of God. We teach it, we proclaim it, and then we call us to full obedience to it. 
I, that's one of my favorite things about preaching. It's my favorite things about prepping, prepping, prepping sermons is that there are so many times where I'm going through my week and the Lord is moving. I mean, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to preach this. I can't wait to say this. And, and the Lord is just like, yeah, but this is for you right now. I'm calling you to full obedience right now. And it's like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So we do that by the word of God. We equip with the word of God. And then we encourage you in the spirit of God and pray for you and pray over you. It's interesting to read through the scriptures and see places where God has gifted his people when others pray for them. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14 Right, Paul writing to Timothy, do not neglect the gift you have, which was given to you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Right, the gift that you have that came by when the elders laid their hands on you. First Timothy chapter 2, verses 6 and 7, for this reason I want to remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear but of power and love and self-control. Scriptures like Acts chapter 8, verse 14 says, Now when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he had not yet fallen on any of them, but they had only been baptized in the name of our Lord Jesus. And they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. And so today as the band comes and we go to a time of response and worship, I'd like us to pray. I was thinking about this last night. And what I think I would like to do is I would like us to maybe like group up a little bit. Maybe you, your family's here. Maybe there's uh, community group folks uh, that you want to pray with. Maybe there's just, uh, maybe there's some strangers in your row that you're like, hey, let's pray together. But I would love for us to pray to be filled with more of the Spirit of God and to ask him for his gracious gifts so that we might serve each other by his grace. And so just ask, just ask for him to gift us, ask, ask for him to, to gift us with his spirit, to gift us with his gifts so that we might truly minister one to another. And so I'm just going to have the band play a little bit and then they'll probably start singing eventually, but just want to encourage you to, to, to group up where you're at. And, and uh, you know what, I'm, Chris and I will also be available up front here. If you'd like us to lay our hands on you and to pray over you, whether that be to, to receive the Holy Spirit or to be filled with his gifts, we'd be happy to do that as well. And so let's just take a little time and let's just pray, uh, whether it's in your seats or whether you want to come forward. Um, and then in a few minutes, the band's going to sing and we'll, we'll worship together. And so I'll, I'll pray to start and then we can group up. Father in heaven, we thank you and praise you. That you're faithful. You're so faithful to your church that by your grace, you have given us your spirit. That by your grace, you have given us your gifts. And so God, I pray that we would desire your gifts. A couple different places in the book of Corinthians, it says eagerly desire spiritual gifts. God, I want this body to function well. I want this body to build itself up. I want folks in this congregation to be able to pour into my life the grace that you've given them. So God, I just ask for you, your faithfulness again in that. That as prayers are prayed, that you would answer those prayers 
God, that you would gift us so that we might be your church to the glory of your name. We thank you. We praise you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's spend some time in prayer together. Uh, Again, if you'd like uh, Chris and I to pray over you, we'd be happy to do that as well.